Well, it is uh, great to be here and uh, be with the team. Again, just a great time of worship. Lynn Richard, great with the uh, announcements and looking forward to being part of the marriage course. Lynn Richard, actually an integral part of the marriage course we're running on on Monday night as well. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be exciting. It'll be actually Lee and my first time going through it. We've been married for 19 years and I'm looking forward to learning and growing more. I by no means consider myself a marriage expert. I'm really glad we're doing this course because it's, uh, you know, we're going to be learning from people that are more experts on marriage and all of us, regardless whether you're not married yet, you're planning to get married, whether you've been married uh, just a short time or you've been married a long time or longer than Lee and I have been married, I think there'll be something you can benefit from. So you can still register for the course, and uh, we look forward to uh, us being together. Just to give you some logistics of how it's going to work, what we really do is we come together at the beginning, you know, just an opportunity to, to chat for, for 15 to 20 minutes at the beginning, you know, talking together, maybe talking about what we've learned over the last week, things along those lines. And then we either together can watch the video, or you and your spouse can watch the video on your own time if there's a more convenient time for you. So the video is really interactive. It gives you opportunities to ask questions of one another. There's pauses in it where you get to discuss some of the things you've been looking at and learning. So uh, yeah, it's just, be, uh, just a really great opportunity as we've been talking about. So I want to start off asking, how are you? How have you been? You know, I, I really, really miss seeing you. And, uh, you know, it's great. I'm here. I'm talking to a camera. I know I'm talking to you. But, you know, put in the comments or send us an email at info at Lifehouse. We want to know how you're doing. And if there's things we can be praying for for you, then please let us know that. We really earnestly will be praying for you. But I want to encourage you that this is an amazing season that God has given us. You know, it's a season where we're able to grow in him. Even if you're alone in the season, if you're living alone, this is a season where you can exponentially grow in, your, in maturity and your relationship with God. And if you're with a spouse or a friend or with your family, then this is an incredible opportunity that we have during COVID right now to really be growing in our relationships. You know, we've been in this season for the last few weeks where we'd asked everyone to set aside time to grow in their intimacy with God. And whether it's been a time where you fasted, prayed more, put different routines in your life, you've had this time. And I really hope you've been able to put some routines in place that you're able to carry forward through the rest of the year and through the rest of your life. Just to to share, for for us as a family, one of the routines that we've been able to put in place over these three weeks is really setting Saturdays aside where we're able to just enjoy one another, where we don't have different commitments, where we are just able to, we're we're purposely not doing work on a a Saturday. Not in a legalistic way, but in in a way where we're actually setting time aside to enjoy each other. You know, we have breakfast together. We go for a walk outside. We've done the last few weeks together. We just hang out together, play games, you know, have some quiet time, you know, either alone or with each other. It's just been an incredible experience where we get to practice relationship and grow in relationship. And it's been interesting. In, in my conversations with people, there's so many people that have said they've just so enjoyed life slowing down in this season of COVID. And I, I want to encourage you to really consider how you're going to keep your life slow when you're allowed for it to speed up again. 
right now, your life has slowed down by force. There's external forces on your life. There's rules and laws that are saying you can't do different things. So a lot of different things are shut down. But when things are opened up again, how are you going to keep your life at a, at a place of peace? We're not meant to live at a frantic pace. We're actually not designed for that. We're not created for that. We're actually meant to live at a pl- in a place where we have time to reflect on be thankful, to reflect on the beauty of God and the beauty of what he's created, to reflect on life. And so there's been this incredible thing that God's done for us. You know, not that he created COVID, but he's used this moment in this time. He certainly used it in my life and in my family's life. I hope that you're allowing him to use it in your life in this season as well. You know, during this time, in these three weeks, there's, there's three books that I've been going through simultaneously. One's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. I read that a few years ago and just been going back through it again. I've been reading a, a book that I've never read before by Henry Nouwen called The Genesee Diaries, which talks about a seven-month period where Henry Nouwen, who's a, a well-known uh, theologian, is spent in a, in a Trappist monastery in upstate New York. And it's just his experiences of, of setting that time aside and being alone and being with God and what God taught him in that season. And I've been also going through the book of Matthew and, and using a commentary by N.T. Wright on, on Matthew called Matthew for Everyone. And again, it's just been this, this incredible journey about the kingdom of God, about, about the nature of God, and about who we are you know, as his children in this season. I'm sure there's been things you've been going through as well. I think there's maybe things you've been reading. Again, let us know. Put it in the comments. Send us an email. You know, for us, just because I'm reading it doesn't mean you need to read it. But if you're interested in some of the things I've been reading, those are them. And they're going to be books I'll be focusing on probably for the next little bit. And they've been so helpful just in reminding me about the importance of slowing down. And you really, you can't manufacture that, right? You cannot, you know, be at a frantic pace and expect to have intimacy with God or anybody else. You can't, the the two don't go together. You know, the busier we are chasing after the things of the world, and even the busier we are with religious activities, thinking that they're what God wants us to do, they actually keep the fruit of the Spirit from manifesting in our lives. I can't begin to tell you just how the many changes have happened in my own life and how I'm watching them happen in my marriage and happen in my family as we're slowing down, as we're watching the fruits of the Spirit just begin to manifest more naturally in our lives because we're moving slower than we would have typically moved before. And the, the enemy can come with all kinds of great ideas and great things. And we can think that we're, oh yeah, we got to be doing all these great things for God. But the greatest thing that we can be doing for God is actually reflecting Jesus, being that light to the world. And we only can really be that light to the world when we've actually allowed God to work in our life and are, are living our life in a way that he can work through us to other people. And in this place of peace, it's been so much easier to love and so to love one another. It's not perfect by any means. You know, if none of us are. We all fall short of the glory of God. And I do. My marriage does at times. My, my actions do. My thought life does. And there's certainly been moments of stress in these three weeks. But I've been personally amazed that as I've slowed down, just how I've been able to get through those and get over them in, in very different ways and have a very different perspective on things. Because the most important perspective that we can have is that Jesus died for us. 
that he paid the price for sin and death. That the grace of God, this new covenant that we live in, means that God is for us. We, we truly can understand how much God is for us by what he did for us in Jesus Christ. And when we talk about the fullness of the deity living in bodily form in Jesus, as scripture says, that with fullness of God we can see through the words and actions in, of Jesus, then we see a God that is good and a God that is for us. We see that we live as his, can live as his adopted children because he's adopted us into his family through Jesus. And that our Father in heaven is good. And that he is for us. Doesn't mean that every want and desire that we have, he's going to fulfill. But actually, as we slow down, we start to learn to line up our wants and desires with his wants and desires. And, and sadly, so often the things that we, we go after in our lives, and sadly, so many of the things that the church goes after today, actually represents more of the world than it does of the kingdom. And I'm going to be starting a series, uh, actually not on Sundays, but I'm going to be starting a, a series we're probably putting up on Wednesdays. We're going to be starting filming it this week on the kingdom and really taking us through an understanding of what the kingdom of God is. It'll be up on social media. It'll be up on YouTube. So you'll be able to go through it that way as we start releasing it at the beginning of February. But we've got to understand the kingdom of God, especially in these times. You know, there's, if you live in, we live in North America, if you're watching this, you're likely watching from Canada, from, you know, Southern Ontario. And, and there's a lot going on, not just in Canada, but into our neighbors to the South. And it's so important because if we have the wrong understanding of kingdom, then we can become like the followers or like the Jews at the time of Jesus. They were there under Roman occupation. They had no political power. And they were hoping that when the Messiah came, that he would give them political power. That they would once again have this earthly kingdom where they would be able to set the agenda politically. They would be able to set the laws. They would be able to control things. And there was this season in this last little bit where, you know, in, especially in America, Christians were fairly excited because things they felt were important, certain laws were being able to be passed that they felt were important and represented the kingdom. And now there's been a change in government and there's a, there's, there's a, 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 you know, obviously a loss of some of those political powers that they had. But the thing is, the kingdom of God is not about political power. It's not about the laws that are passed. It's not about us having political control. It's actually, Jesus said, look, his kingdom is not of this world. And it's so important for us as followers of Jesus to really understand what the kingdom is. Because the kingdom is not a political kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom. God is not interested in the laws that we pass to try to control other people's behavior. What he's interested in is our hearts. And we cannot advance the kingdom of God using the powers of this world. It is not laws that are going to advance the kingdom of God. It's not politics that is going to advance the kingdom of God. It's not political power that is going to advance the kingdom of God. It is his people living transformed lives, having lives transformed by Jesus and actually being the light to the world. 
In the in famous Sermon on the Mount, in, Matthew, in the book of Matthew, Jesus talks about, you know, being a light to the world. And he says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And he's being really specific with that reference. He's talking to Jewish people. That city on the hill is Jerusalem. And he's saying, look, the Jerusalem was meant to be, in God's plan, it was meant to be the light to the world. It was meant to be this godly city. That by, but a godly city, it wasn't about the political power of that city. It was about how those people lived in obedience to God. It was that that city represented God's kingdom. How God had set to his, for his people to live. It wasn't about their political power. It wasn't about their political might. It was about how his people in that city lived. And God was saying, look, you as his people, you... Jesus was saying to his audience, which were the Jewish people, saying, you stopped living like the light. At the time of Jesus, there were all kinds of political movements. They wanted to overthrow the Romans. They wanted to overthrow Herod. They wanted to establish. And the zealots at that time, which were a, a group, they were fighting using military you know, tactics, trying to use, use violence and force and killing to bring about you know, what they thought God's plans were. And you cannot fight darkness with darkness. We can't use the tactics of the world. We can't use the tactics of the evil one in order to bring about the kingdom of God. Jesus did the absolute opposite. As opposed to going out and using violence and trying to kill people to bring about his tactics, as opposed to trying to force his will upon others, what did he do? He allowed them to kill him. He died on the cross, a horrific, horrible death, to conquer once and for all sin and death. He set an example for us to follow. It's saying it's about us dying to ourselves, dying to the ways of this world, maybe even physically dying, to bring about the kingdom. So I want to encourage us, as his people, in this season, Let's not chase after the things of the world. Let's not chase after the, using the tactics of the world, trying to bring about the kingdom. But let's understand what the kingdom of God really is. And that is Jesus' rule over our life. The kingdom that's most important that we conquer is the one inside of us. Our own will. Our own rebellion. Our own uh, lack of willingness to surrender to God in his ways. Our willingness to put aside our ambitions. Our willingness to put aside our desire for the things of the world. Fame, popularity, political power, forcing other people to behave the way that we think they should behave. And, and let's just surrender to Jesus and learn what it is by, by understanding his words and his teachings and becoming more like him. We can't even use power, our own power and strength, to bring about change in our lives. You know, I can't just, I can't study enough and develop the fruits of the Spirit in my life. I can study them to understand them. But the only way I'm ever going to allow, they're ever going to manifest in my life is by my being with Jesus, my slowing down, by allowing him to work in my life, giving him space to work in my life, giving him time to work in my life, and putting him into practice with those around me. The fruits of the Spirit, 
Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Those things that are referred to in Matthew or in, in Galatians 5. And the things that ultimately Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount and, and throughout the Gospels. These things only come about through us allowing God to work in our lives. Us worshiping Him, not just by singing songs, but worshiping Him by surrendering our lives to Him. But it's our lives. It's not a piece of our life. It's not the leftover bits of our life after we've pursued all the things we want to do. It's our life that belongs to Him. Let's remember that this kingdom is an eternal kingdom. You know, that it's an eternal kingdom. It starts right here and now. The kingdom of God, you know, in, in the book of Matthew, Jesus refers to the kingdom and, and he says the kingdom of heaven. But in the other gospels, you know, Mark, Luke, John, it's always referred to as the kingdom of God. Why? Because Matthew was writing specifically to a Jewish audience and they didn't use the name God because they found it like disrespectful. So part of their part of their thinking was that they shouldn't say the name of God, they shouldn't say God. So when Matthew would write about the kingdom of God, he would replace it with the kingdom of heaven. But he wasn't talking about some faraway thing that's going to happen after we die. When he has Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about God's rule over our lives right now. The eternal life that we're meant to live begins right here on this earth as we follow Jesus, as we learn to be like Jesus, as we're his disciples, which means we're his students, as we follow him. So I want to encourage you, if in these last few weeks, you look back and go, you know what, I haven't really set aside time for God, I haven't really been able to develop intimacy with God, that's fine, just repent, which is change your thinking. It's not about saying sorry, it's about going, you know what, Lord, I need to change my thinking. I need to set aside time for you. I need to slow my life down. I need to reassess my priorities and I need to allow you in, in a different way so you can be completely in control of my life and allow him to set priorities for you. I also want to encourage you, if you in this season are alone and you are finding it extremely difficult, this book I've been reading, The Genesee Diaries by Henry Nouwen, would be a great book for you. And uh, just an encouragement for those that maybe I know I know when you're alone in this season, if you're living alone, when we're not, not allowed to be visiting people, it can be very difficult. But this kid could also be the most incredible season of your life. And I, I want to encourage you to use it well so that you come out of this so free and so ready you know, for, for God just to be working in and through you in a totally different way. And it just so at peace with who you are and with your father who loves you so much. Well, I just want to pray for us because I don't have a ton more for us today. And uh, I, but I really would just ask you to really consider what it is I'm saying. Really pray on it. Really slow down. If you're going, my life is too crazy. I can't slow down. James, you don't understand. I can tell you God does understand. And he can make a way. It's taken time for my family to get to the place that we could slow down like this. It's taken COVID to help that process. But one of our things we're determined is that it won't speed up again. And for you in your life, if you're like, I don't know how to slow down. I got so many different things going on. 
I want to encourage you to, you know, as you spend time with God, as you prioritize just being quiet, being alone with him, having solitude with him, which means no other people around, not listening to music, not doing other things, being quiet so that God can speak. You'll be amazed at how he teaches you and helps you to set different priorities in your life. So use this time well. This time won't be long, but it can be life-changing for the rest of the, your, your life here on earth. I just pray for that for us. Lord, I pray just your blessing on everyone watching today, everyone watching this video. I just pray that their lives would be transformed by you. I pray that you would, they would be able to hear you and allow you to, to trust you so that the things you're saying let go of in this season, the things you're saying don't give time to, they would be able to let those things go. Lord, I pray that they would be able to trust you in every way with every aspect of your life. I pray I would grow in that as well, that we really would understand who you are and understand how good you are and understand that you are fully trustworthy and we can trust your words, we can trust your teachings, and we can follow you every step of every way. Okay, well, Richard, I will hand uh, back to you and Lynn. Thank you very much, James. And indeed, when we abide in Christ, we're able to find divine rhythm in life. Uh, thank you very much uh, for that message and for that word. As we close, I also just want to remind uh, the new members, if you're new to Lifehouse, um, usually we have... Um, times where we invite members and we have a meal and snacks together and we're able to connect but the reality is that we are living in now uh, we can only do this virtually so if you've been to life us as a new visitor or a member and you've never had the opportunity to just come for the new members luncheon we'd like to invite you this coming sunday january 31st at 11:30, which is technically after the service at 11:30 a.m please join us you can scan the qr code uh, or just follow the link in the description uh, below. So we want to thank you so much for joining us this Sunday. And yes, let's abide and let's trust God for the divine rhythm in life that we can prosper and be fruitful uh, in all that we do. God bless you. <laughs>